0: Talking about Farscape season three on your You Have Got to Be Kidding Me podcast. I'm Mandy Kay.
1: And I'm Matthew Vose. Hi Mandy. It's been about a month since we released our last Farscape episode, and up to now there hasn't been any news on the new Doctor Who casting.
0: That is correct.
1: Yeah I was I was hoping to follow up the conversation we had last time with oh and they've cast this person that we didn't expect or we did expect but that's clearly not going to happen
0: No but maybe it'll happen before we do let's see not June's television episode but July's television episode because if all goes well that's going to be our Doctor Who episode
1: Mhm We're covering Doctor Who
0: Yeah <laughs> I mean is anybody surprised by that I think not.
1: Okay, I think we'll cover that at the end, and we'll talk a bit more. But what we should be talking about is Farscape.
0: If we have to. (laughs) But I guess that's what folks are listening to us for, so yeah, we really have to. Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Season 3?
1: Yes, and I actually have history for this one, because there was stuff that happened.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's great.
1: (laughs) Farscape Season 3 aired during the 2001-2002 TV season. There were a number of changes to the cast during this season. Most notably, Virginia Hay left the show a few episodes into the season. Her character, Pao Zan, sacrificed herself in the episode Wait for the Wheel. There was a post from her website in 2004 where she goes into detail about why she couldn't continue. She says, Over the three years, my body could not cope with the chemicals and was weakened. My kidneys bled every day for three years. It couldn't cleanse properly due to the relentless hours and very little sleep. My altered appearance meant that I could not ever escape the character and get away at the end of the workday. In our fictional fantasy world, Zahn was a rare beauty, but in our human world, I looked more alien out of makeup than I did in it. And what she means by that is she actually shaved her head, all her hair. She shaved her eyebrows so that she didn't have to wear a skull cap. When the makeup went on, it went on fairly flawlessly. But it did mean that at the end of the day, Anthony Simcoe, who played Dargo, he could take off the makeup and become Anthony Simcoe. At the end of the day, and even in the the hiatus between seasons, she would take off the makeup, but she wouldn't return to being Virginia Hay.
0: That's really kind of sad. Mm. But, I mean, way to be committed, at least for a couple of years.
1: Yes. She grew her hair back between seasons two and three. And she actually wore a skull cap for the first few episodes that she was in. The whole post is worth going and reading. I think we might actually drop a link to it in the show notes. She goes into a lot of detail about it because uh, there, there were lots of rumours flying around about just how ill she was. And she says it was a lack of what she felt was feminine beauty in having hair and having you know, sort of recognisable facial features that she wanted to, to have. Right. So There are stories that she wanted the producers to leave her away to come in and do a few episodes every season. But I've read in one place that that was a message that didn't get through, that it was a message that got through, but then got ignored because they, they wanted the emotional impact of killing Rolf. I think we will probably never know.
0: Okay.
1: However, Paul Goddard, Lani Tupu, and Wayne Pygram all saw their characters of Stark, Crace, and Scorpius become regulars with entries in the opening credits. By the end of the season, Lani Tupu had departed as an on-screen regular as Crace was killed off along with the gunship Talon. He will remain as the voice of pilot until the show's end. This season also saw the addition of Tammy McIntosh as Jewel, although she was always kept as a guest star, not a a series regular in the credits.
0: You know, I still have not picked up on any of Crace's inflections when listening to Pilot Talk. If you had never told me, I would never have known. (laughs) I mean, every time Pilot Talked, I listened to it in the season, trying to find it, and I, I never once heard it, so he's... Pretty spectacular, I think, being able oh, he to do does that. That's an
1: excellent job. There's there's the one episode where Pilot gets taken over by the energy rider mm-hmm. and his voice does drop down the register and you can hear it a bit in that. But yeah, the the inflection's different, the manner of speaking's completely different. It's a really impressive job.
0: Oh, it didn't even occur to me that it was the same actor doing that voice. <laughs> because to me it was a different character, so right. it was a different voice. <laughs> I might have to go back and re-listen to those.
1: You've got one more season to catch him and see see how he does it. And I I think season three is probably the one that that it's really good on. Uh, Season four, I suspect you might catch it some places.
0: Okay. I I will be looking.
1: Mandy, do you want to do a brief synopsis of season three?
0: As always, I will leave this honor to you. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Because I can't actually tell you a cohesive story synopsis for this season. It's just, it's not there for me. So please tell me. What happened in this season?
1: Season three picks up straight from the end of season two. It sees the resurrection of Sun It sees Scorpius making off with the uh, neural chip, with the wormhole knowledge, and Crichton getting back to health after the surgery to remove said chip. The season's a lot of different adventures of these people, coming into contact with lots of different races and lots of things. And eventually, big showdown with Scorpius, who is researching wormholes, but the crew decide they want to stop him because no one should have that power, eventually. Yeah,
0: that leaves out about 90% of the season, but okay, (laughs) awesome.
1: Mandy, did you enjoy season three of Farscape?
0: You guys, I did not enjoy season three of Farscape.
1: (sighs) Ah... but you've been rhapsodizing about it all episode.
0: <laughs> you know, you probably have picked up on it, you know, based on, on how I've been talking about it so far, but I've tried to keep it close to the chest <laughs> on Twitter and things like that. Matthew is well aware because I've been complaining at him for the last couple of weeks of, oh my God, i
1: to watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I would have never finished the season if I didn't have to. It was that... Painful for me to get through. But oh my god, you guys, I have to watch season four because of the (laughs) GD cliffhanger! Are you kidding me? No, excuse me. You have got to be kidding me! (laughs) Like, I can't stop! (sighs) So, I will be watching more Farscape very soon.
1: Right, let's kick off on, on the cliffhanger because this is one of the moments of Farscape. This is, I think I've even mentioned it on a previous episode. This happened, and I was standing in the living room shouting at the television. Could not believe they'd done this. It was just such a, such a step, because I, there is no way back from what they've just done.
0: No, there's not. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand. But you know what, though? I thought there was no way back from the end of the season one cliffhanger, because John and Dargo yep. were dead. They weren't dead. Guess what? Everything was fine. You know, <laughs> the end of season two... We have Aaron dead. John has been, like, incapacitated in his brain, can't even speak. Oh, but guess what? Everything's fine now. So (laughs) the writers of this show have this uncanny knack of taking you to the very, very edge of that cliff and, like, knocking you off but holding on so that, like, you can't hold yourself up but they can hold you. And then when the next season starts, they bring you back. I have no idea how they're going to do that with season four, because, oh, my God, like, I I, I just don't even know. Like, it's just it's beyond awful and terrifying. And even though I hated season three, I was right there. My heart was in my throat. Like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? (laughs) John cannot be left by himself with, like, no planets, no people, no fuel. (laughs) What is happening? Apparently, I had feelings about the cliffhanger. Mm.
1: And the revelation about Aaron. It is it is the last 30 seconds of the episode that suddenly the whole episode becomes clear and things start moving and there's nowhere they can move to.
0: I have feelings about this too. Hmm. Because it's not... Unless they do some real acrobatics, this baby is not this Johns. Okay. It's the other Johns. Okay. And I have problems with that. Hmm. I mean, I don't, but I do.
1: Okay, so... That's going to be a conversation for season four. Okay. I think we're going to put a pin in that and just leave it over here. And we're going to come back and address it if it needs addressing at some point in the future. How does that sound? Sure. Let's talk about season three. Okay. Because that is technically what we're here to talk about. I think you're going to try and distract me. This is why I gave you an opportunity to talk about Doctor Who up front. (laughs)
0: You wanted to talk about the cliffhanger, and I didn't realize I had so many feelings about it, so I'm, I'm sorry.
1: Is there a point at which you're like, this is when I would have stopped it. This is where it just got too much.
0: The first episode was okay. It, I didn't like it, but it was okay. Okay. Episode two, I had absolutely nothing to say about it. Yes. I, I don't even remember right. what episode two was, right. but it wasn't worth my time okay. to have any thoughts about it.
1: I am I'm gonna pause you just briefly there if we're if we're gonna just flick through it in this way. Sure. Episode two is where Dargo gets his ship because they're on a station, station ends up blowing up, there's all sorts of chaos going on around them, but there's this ship drifting and he tells pilot to bring it in. That's where the ship comes from.
0: That answers the question that I had
1: <laughs> the whole <laughs> yeah.
0: last half of the season. I could not figure out where that ship came from. <laughs>
1: And it's it's introduced so slowly, they go back to it very occasionally. And it is, it is literally a minute, I think, of that episode where he goes, hey, there's a ship out there, pilot, bring it in for me. Thanks. Okay, anyway, yeah, moving no, on with the I action. <laughs>
0: okay, let's see. The next one was fine. It was meh. Episode four, I hated. But, but, that is the episode where we get the wonderful line. Welcome to the Federation Starship SS Buttcrack." <laughs> so I can finally use that gift now.: <laughs> That is the only good thing in that episode. Well, okay, let's talk about Zan for a second. Okay. Zan died at the end of this episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had no feelings about it. I would I had no emotional feelings about Zan dying because I was so annoyed at the episode itself that by the time it happened, it was such a surprise that I had, didn't have anything left to give to the loss of this character that I had loved for, you know, two seasons previously. This is one where I actually went to you after the episode and said, I just need you to spoil this for me. Is she actually dead or is she going to come back like Aaron did? Mm. And you did confirm for me that she actually was dead. And then I felt a little bit bad about it. But I have to be honest with you. I feel like if Zan hadn't died, I might have liked the rest of the season a little bit more. <laughs> she had been there. hmm Without her there, there was just nobody, nobody to mediate anybody. Mm. And it was just awful. I mean, Dargo and Crichton well, Dargo and one of the Crichtons, black shirt, no, green shirt Crichton <laughs> just argued. All of the time. And we don't even know why. They were just constantly at each other's shirts, constantly bickering. There was an entire freaking episode that was completely pointless. It <laughs> was about John making up some story about why Pilot shouldn't kick them off the ship. Because, you know, they were legitimately fighting for a reason and they they weren't at all. But it was because Pilot was trying to get Dargo and John off the ship because they wouldn't stop fighting and Moya and Pilate were tired of it. There was an entire episode devoted to that. Mm-hmm. And then there was another episode where they almost died because Dargo and John were fighting in, in Dargo's ship. And the ship turned on and was going to blow them up, and Dargo couldn't turn it off. <laughs> like, all of this stuff kept happening, and they were just fighting, and there was no good reason for it. And I just feel like if Xan had been there, there would have been less testosterone in the air. I don't know. She would have helped.
1: It's exactly the right point. She is the heart. She is the calming influence, the peacemaker, rather than peacekeeper. (laughs) She's the one who makes sure they make good and right decisions. And it's not long after she's gone that they stop making good and right decisions. And I think some of that might be a conscious choice on the part of the writers. By the end of the episode, you've got them going off and working with Scorpius to stop Scorpius. But John is having serious doubts about it and thinking about, would it be worth it, me getting this all sorted, so that he can go and use the weapon. Without Zan there, they don't know which is the right way to go on these things. She was the the guiding principle.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, the show suffers slightly for not having her there, because you get this sort of chaotic run from that point. But it's a really interesting thing to do to your characters. I, I, I like it for that point. Clearly it was forced on them to take Zan out, so it wasn't they decided to do this, but in doing it, they go exactly the right way. If she'd gone and They'd introduced the character of Jewel and Jewel did that same job. Nothing would have changed. But if you take one character out and replace him with another character, you should make a change. If Doyle leaves, you replace him with a Wesley, but Wesley has his own things he brings. If Angel leaves, you replace him with a Spike, and Spike brings his own things.
0: Right. But in both of those cases, the characters that did the replacing actually did bring something to the table, and Jewel brought nothing no. to the table other than... Pure adulterated rage for me.
1: <laughs> but we are straying from my question, and we are gonna we are gonna circle back round to the dual conversation. Okay. Where in the season did it really lose you?
0: <sighs> <laughs> where in the season you're not getting did
1: away with distracting really? me from the question.
0: <laughs> I am gonna go with episode seven because episode six was where I thought the season was gonna turn. I mean, I was not happy already, but based on season 1 and season 2 it was around five episode 5 6 or 7 mm. where the season really hit its stride and so i was willing to go you know 6 7 episodes in to kind of see if that was going to happen yeah and episode 6 uh which was eat me that episode holy shit is the only thing i i mean we can we can talk about it in more detail later if you want it's to dark. but
1: dog
0: <laughs> oh my god it is <laughs> It's horrible.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I just, I can't get the pilot of that other ship out of my head. Like, he's just been – he he's broken. He's completely broken, and he just keeps repeating. Like, he's terrified of John, which I expect him to be, mm. you know, because yeah. the only people that he's experienced are the people who have broken him. And John's like, you know, well, your arms are cut off, so you can't do anything. It's okay. They'll grow back. Because we saw that with our pilot, you know, when when Dargo cut his arm off and it grew back. And and this pilot starts shouting, Grogan, cut! Grogan, cut! And you figure out that he's saying it grows again and they cut it off again. And and John's like, why do they do that? And then he just completely loses it and screams, because they're eating me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to cry sitting here talking about it because, oh my God, that's the most cruel and vicious and like heartbreaking thing for this creature who is virtually, I don't want to say he's helpless, but he's kind of helpless. I mean, he's literally attached to the ship. He can't go anywhere. He can't really protect himself. And, and so it just, mm. it broke my, that episode broke my heart. And then to find out that the bad guy is literally breeding people to eat them. I mean, I like it was deep and it was dark. And so I thought we were moving into a direction that had potential. You know, it wasn't stupid, it had meaning. Yeah. And so I had hope
1: mm. with
0: this episode. But then right after that, we got an episode that was basically a bad sci fi movie from the 50s. Yeah. And there was like living jello that turned into explosives <laughs> and face huggers and. After that, I was just kind of done. We just don't ever get... You know what my biggest problem is with this season?
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: (laughs) The more I talk about it, the more I think about it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: is it's 100% episodic. With the exception of episode one, which is wrapping up season two. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, the last three episodes of the season, which finally circle us back around to this whole wormhole thing that we've been dealing with since season one. Yeah. Everything else in the middle is its own individual story. It's not related to anything else. You don't have to watch them in order. Well, okay, well, you do kind of, once you get, (laughs) you at least have to know why there are two Johns. But other than that, they're completely episodic. And then after, after episode seven, when there are two Johns, we get two completely different crews because half of them go off on Talon. Half of them stay on Moya. They're not interacting. They're having different adventures. And mm-hmm. so we get one episode that's a Moya episode, one episode that's a Talon episode. We're not building to anything. We're not doing any character growth. Nothing is happening. And the way they told the stories were stupid. And I didn't like it. I'm I'm sorry. I know that a lot of people love season three. I am just not one of those people.
1: I actually agree with your point. Now, I enjoy the season. I enjoy Farscape. But, yeah, the the point is absolutely spot on. You could watch the first episode of the season. You could watch, yeah, the last probably the last four. And the only thing you'd need to have explained is who is the girl with the red hair? And where's Zahn? And where did Dargo get that ship from? I think the relationships between them, they have changed, but not in... Not in a measurable way, so John and Aaron aren't now together. But they weren't together at the beginning anyway, so that's fine. Right. I I, I can completely see the point here.
0: Yeah, that's that's the main reason I don't like it. However, had the episodes been written better, I could have enjoyed them. But I honestly feel like like one of my questions was like what happened to the writers of the show? Like <laughs> Did they change during the season? Like, did something happen in the production of this season where, like, suddenly there's a whole new group of people in the writers' room because it did not match the tone, the way they talked, the way they spoke, the way they acted, the way they moved. Everything was different, and it just it f- I felt like a stranger watching okay. it. Is really where where I think. Yeah.
1: I don't think yeah, the differences yeah. are, are that pronounced. I'm wondering if there's enough in there that, as it grew and put you off, just everything picked up. So the so the the time that this thing happened that was out of character became a, a larger thing that just added to your list of cons, <laughs> not in yeah. the pro, pro reasons for liking the season.
0: Yeah, I think I think I could have handled it better if there were just one or two things that bugged me, mm. but there were so many altogether. Like. I hated Jewel. Yeah. I hate her. Yeah. I hate Stark. And you already knew I hated Stark in season two. You know, we talked about that in the last mm-hmm. episode. And oh my God, they made him a series regular. <laughs> and then they killed Zan, who was keeping him kind of sane. So, yeah. Okay. Stark did not work for yeah. me.
1: And by point of comparison, why, I'm, why I can completely understand your point, Agents for S.H.I.E.L.D. season two does this exact thing. As I was watching it week on week, I was just feeling like all I would need to do is see the last episode in the season, and I'd understand everything. All the stuff in the middle was just a, we need to go and get this box. <sighs> box has been destroyed, but we have got some information to allow us to get the next box. Right. It was just chasing clues around the planet and things. And there's a certain element to this. It's giving us more information about wormholes, a bit more information about the characters and situations, but nothing that actually impacts the overarching story that we're watching. Right. And I think... The characters, Zan leave, so you're not happy about that. John and Aaron aren't together, so you're not happy about that. Joel and Stark are significant characters, so you're not happy about that. There's enough here to have put you off. Yes. And, and new characters being uh, more significant or not even being a whole episode uh, means you get less of Dargo, for instance, or less of Rigel because they're flicking between the two crews, so that might put you off.
0: Well, but Dargo wasn't even Dargo in the season to me.
1: Hmm. I'm sorry.
0: Like he didn't, he didn't act the same. It was weird. He made like weird comments, like in one episode, it was towards the end, you know, he's, John's asking Dargo green shirt or black shirt, green shirt or black shirt. And it's like, they're in the middle of this really serious thing. And Dargo turns around and looks at him and says the black shirt, because I always should have told you that green shirt is not cut right for your body. <laughs> and I'm like, what the F dude, who are you? That's great. That's fun. (laughs) There was a lot of whimsy in this season Mm -hmm. that we hadn't seen in previous seasons, and it didn't work for me. And some of it was in character moments like that one. Some of it was just inside John's head. Yeah. Like, we get a whole episode where all of his internal stuff is in the form of a cartoon. (laughs) Yep. Like... Old school 90s Acme cartoons, except because they couldn't use Acme, they used (laughs) OzMe. And it was basically like the Roadrunner and the Coyote, except it was Dargo and John. And (laughs) it was cartoons. (laughs) And like Harvey just kept getting, and and, you know, in, in case you don't remember if it's been a while, Harvey is what John called the neural clone of Scorpius that was still in his head. He just kept getting sillier and sillier and sillier and, oh.
1: Quick pause. Have you ever seen Harvey, the film?
0: There's a film called Harvey. Okay,
1: so the reference is completely lost on you, right?
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was a reference. I was just like, oh, okay, he calls him Harvey.
1: There's a Jimmy Stewart film called Harvey about a man who has best friend who is a pooker, an imaginary six-foot rabbit called Harvey. Okay. And the first time John finds out what the neural clone in his head is, he looks at me and he goes,
0: Uh, You're Harvey. (laughs) Or is it Clarence? Guardian Angel?
1: Invisible rabbit? Harvey? Harvey.
0: I got the Clarence reference there. I didn't get the Harvey reference there. Okay. Okay. Good to know.
1: <laughs> That's why he calls him Harvey, because he, he thinks he's Harvey. a six foot rabbit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, he got sillier and sillier, and I, I, there was too much whimsy. Mm. I feel like, like the cartoon episode. I feel like, had I been in a place with Farscape the way I was in season two, mm. like if I was all in and I loved it, I feel like I would have really enjoyed that episode mm-hmm. because it it was kind of. A wink to the fans it was a hey we can do this really fun thing and we know that it's silly and it's funny you know we're just doing it because we can mm-hmm. but there was just so much stuff already happening that just had me out like I mean I was out I was not okay yeah. with the season and so by the time I got to this episode I was just like oh my god they're just messing with me now <laughs> and I yeah it Oh, and this is also the episode where we found out that Jewel wanted Dargo too, and so now Dargo is becoming the Riker of the ship.
1: No, she wants to be better friends with him.
0: Oh, no. That is not the implication they were making. Okay. I, I have to disagree with you on that one. Okay. Especially since she got all up in Shiana's face and was like, oh, guess who gets to take the first ride with him? <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> That's the episode Revenging Angel. That is the episode that completely sold me on this as one of the great tv shows like i already loved it i loved the characters i loved some of the clever stuff that they were doing i loved the humor i loved that it was a bit different than just a star trek just because a lot of sci-fi is very serious so the fact that this didn't take itself quite so seriously and could do a lot of fun and then it did this where another show will want to do something a bit different so it will have the main character becomes a puppet or Everyone suddenly starts singing or random stuff like that. Right. No, this this becomes a cartoon for half the episode, and you have a character being erased by a giant pencil and redrawn as Jessica Rabbit. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm
0: fairly certain you liked that moment. I just, and
1: then he's imagining you know, what's the sexiest things he can draw. Her as. <laughs> And then is that Barbara Bush she becomes at the end, something along those lines?
0: Oh, I I don't even know. Oh. I was so far out at that point. I don't know. <laughs> I, I will okay. I will concede a point though. Cool. Had they done this in in Buffy, mm. or even in Angel, I would have been all in. I would have loved it. Right. And and so I I think I mean I totally get why you love it. And I think had I just been in in that place in this season where I was still all in and I loved all the characters, I think I would have loved it as much as you did and found it as funny as you did. Mm. I didn't find it funny at all. I was too busy rolling my eyes and groaning.
1: Okay. But I
0: think that was just the culmination of everything. Like I really wish, like I am loving listening to you laugh about it and hearing how much you enjoyed it. And I really wish I had enjoyed it that much.
1: Yeah. And you just need to be into it. And if you're not into it, it's going to look very odd. We said we would return and talk a bit about Jewel. Mm. Uh, Because you really don't like Jewel.
0: No. Why is Jewel there? I don't understand what her purpose is. She doesn't. I I mean, I see that they tried to replace Xan and move some of Xan's characteristics between Jewel and Chiana. Jewel is the one that we always see doing the healing stuff now. She's not Mm. very good at it, (laughs) but she's always the one who's in there doing it. Somebody has to. But she. Is not useful in a fight. All she does is scream. Granted her scream can melt metal, but
1: <laughs> they only use that like once. <laughs> the other times it's just a gag.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's it's annoying because it's not just a regular scream. It's a thing that that her scream is that really, really high pitched, like glass breaking scream. Yeah. And she does it when she's scared, she does it when she's grossed out. She does it. When she's mad, like, she just screams mm. for no good reason. And she doesn't fight. She whimpers and cowers. And I can't stand it when my women are like that on TV. <laughs> I mean, I can't see it when any, any character is like that, but especially when it's a woman. Especially right. since they've done so well with women on the show. Mm. With Aaron and Zan and Chiana. you know, we've we've seen you know, Furlough, I assume she's a woman. Is she supposed to be a woman? I don't know.
1: Well, yeah. She comes on to John a lot. Not that
0: you're many times. Right. <laughs>
1: you're,
0: you're right. But you, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They, they've done really well with the women on the show. And then they give us Jewel, who offers nothing. She brings absolutely nothing to the table. If she was missing from any of the episodes that she was in, the story would not have changed. No. There would have been not a single different outcome.
1: I think this is uh, going to be reminiscent of a conversation we had during Superman the movie, uh, the difference between execution and intent. Okay. They need someone to replace Sam. I suspect there was always a plan for this season to create another Crichton and split up the crews. It allows them to do some quite nice stuff, and you'd have to split up the crew to have stories on Talon, because you couldn't have everyone moving off Moya. Right. And then what do you do with Crichton? Do you have him fitting back in between? So, oh, let's make two of him, and then he can be in every episode. Awesome. Let's move on. But then they need a character to even it up if Zan's going to die or Zan's not going to be there. So they introduce a new character. They introduce a new character who can take on some of what Chiana did originally. That kind of ingenue, young, innocent person not aware of the universe or what's going on. Who can learn a bit as they go through. But her background is supposed to be highly intelligent, pacifist, but not in a, oh, I abhor war. In a, no, we don't do violence, we rise above it a positive form of pacifism she's got lots of information about archaeological and history and all of this kind of thing as well as just some interesting characteristics but they never use any of it (laughs) they use the not fighting thing and they use a bit that she's quite intelligent and she does like you say she does the healing she does the sciencey stuff and there's a few points that where she does point stuff out she's like well but why aren't we doing this or let's come up with this but it doesn't land because a lot of what they're getting her to do is complaining about her shoes and how much they cost and calling <laughs> Chiana a whore because of it. Um, her complaining about having to drink something yucky, even though it's supposed to make her better. and It's, it's the, yeah. the, the spoiled princess that they go to rather than highly intelligent, capable, but young, innocent woman.
0: You're right. Mm. Yeah, she did not work for me.
1: Yeah. If that had landed better through portrayal and some of the stuff it's written, it could have been quite strong. And she she does have good comic moments, but you have to be into the characters to enjoy them. Okay. Yeah, so that's my thought on Joel. I'm fairly ambivalent towards her because there is some of that funny stuff. But like you say, she doesn't add anything to it. But they needed a character. So I will always appreciate a show that tries something. They didn't just introduce... Oh, but we have a new Delvian. <laughs> oh. Right. But our, our Groot died. But hey, look, we can pick up a twig and make a new Groot. <laughs> and now have a cuddly <laughs> Groot. Um, if you're going to kill someone, kill them. Okay. Yeah.
0: Except I'm really glad they didn't do that with Aaron. Because <laughs> we got Aaron back. And before we talk about John and Aaron stuff, I do want to talk okay. about Shiana a little bit. Because I know in season two, I was constantly talking about how much I hated Shiana. Mm. I did not hate Chiana this season. No, she grew up this season. One consequence of Zan dying and not being there is that somebody had to step up. I mean, because when they split the crew, Aaron, Rigel Stark, and John—well, one of the Johns—all went with Talon, and so we were left with Jewel, Dargo, Chiana, and John Number Two mm-hmm. left on Moya, and so she was the only one who could try to be that voice of reason at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, she could. She she wasn't there at Zan's level. She couldn't get in between John and Dargo and stop them. But she constantly started referring to Jewel when Jewel was doing something stupid. You know, Chiana would like push her around and tell her to go do something else or do something productive, and she would be like, Ugh, "Kids," you know. And <laughs> and season two, Chiana would never have done that because season two, no. Chiana was the kid. You know. Yeah. And and so I liked. I did like seeing that character development for her. Yeah. To see her grow up a little bit. I also think. That the experience that she had in episode seven, where she got twinned and then saw herself die, mm-hmm. contributed to that. Yeah, because that that was, I think, the turning point that yeah. I can think back to and see that she really started to change a little bit after that.
1: Yeah, and and, and... she hammers that portrayal of she sacrificed herself effectively. So she get, so Chiana gets twinned. Uh, for anyone who's not right. seeing it, Chiana gets twinned. There, there there is an exact replica but you don't know who is the original. And the things that are eating everyone come and take one of them away. And the Chiana that survives could try and help her, but she runs away instead. So she has to live with the guilt of sacrificing herself. Right. And just the way she mutters about it, the way she looks to everyone to reassure her that they are just duplicates, that they're still the originals. it's all And it's all informed in the background. The John being duplicated is the big story, but she's got this going on and, and uses that, plot a to inform some of her plot b plot c stuff
0: yeah well i mean and even dargo has a little bit of that just from knowing i mean he was chained up so he didn't have a choice Yeah, but he saw a second one of him and he saw that him die Mm. and he was living with the idea of what if i'm the copy what if that was really dargo who died and and they just addressed it briefly at the yeah. end of that episode and, and it never really came up again at least not from Dargo although there was because we still did end up with two Johns the twin John did not die they they both survived you know we we came back to that a couple times of well who's the original and who's the copy and mm. and all that stuff but it was deep yeah that was deep yeah hard hard to watch for sure
1: yeah and when it when it does good stuff it does very good stuff. But sometimes it also goes through to science fiction tropes and the standard stories that aren't quite so interesting. And there, there's a lot in this season that is two beings come on board. One is being hunted. One is the hunter. We're not sure which one is which. I mean, and they've done this every season. But there's a point I think with the energy riders that it's like, well, we, we've kind of done this with the guy in the sun over on the mm-hmm. Talon thing. So why have we now got this episode over here? And,
0: yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of either of those stories. No. Although I will say the one on Talon, as much as I hate Stark,
1: <laughs> yeah. like
0: I was kind of cheering him on when he like forced himself to become pilot for mm. Talon, when he like wired himself in and was like doing the whole floaty thing, kind of like <laughs> you know duck or whatever, <laughs> and I all like I thought for a few minutes I thought they were gonna leave him there and that was gonna be his purpose was he was gonna actually be the pilot and then Talon would work the way that he's supposed to because he would have less autonomy than he does with just the neural connection to Chris. Yeah. And so I totally had this whole storyline in my head of how this is what Stark's purpose is gonna be and I'm gonna like both him and Talon now and it's gonna be great. And no of course that's not what they did. Right. But I I liked that the possibility was there.
1: Yeah. It does some nice stuff in that episode. It then doesn't take it any further. And, right. And because he is mostly there for the comedy. So, by but that it's point. it's
0: not funny. No. Because they're, they're, his comedy is rooted in his mental instability.
1: Yeah, his mania. There'll be my side and your side. My side, your side. Don't start.
0: And his mental instability is there because... He was broken by Scorpius mm. and also I mean not just that, but that started it. I mean, also feeling all ten thousand of the Bannocks die probably contributed a lot yeah. to that too, yeah. but his comedy was deeply rooted in his instability, and I was not a fan of that
1: mm. so let's talk about some of the other characters, oh, and we've got lots of good characters in this season we've got. Zahn and Krace, we've got John on Talon, we've got the duplicated Chiana, Zalakson. we've got Talon himself. This show kind of kills people a lot in this season.
0: Oh my god.
1: It's like Game of Thrones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many people died. It was ridiculous. And I will say that none of these was I having that same feeling that I did with Aaron and at the end of season two. We're like, oh, it's fine. She's coming back. She's yeah. not really dead. You know, and... I didn't do that at all with any of these people. Although I guess out of the ones that you just listed, the Chiana dying one was the least effective for me just because my brain had already assimilated, oh, she's the copy. We've still got Chiana, so it's fine. Mm. And I think that's probably what they were going for.
1: Yeah. I suppose perhaps I should have listed Dargo because there is a period in the episode where it looks like Dargo's dead and he just died off camera, which would yeah. be a weird way to do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I was not convinced. Like, I was thinking, they're working way too hard to make me think he's dead. I don't yeah. think he's actually dead. So, for me, John's death was the most impactful for me. Right. After that, it would probably be, shockingly enough, Crace and Talon and then mm. Zan, just because I was not in the appropriate emotional state to appreciate Zan's sacrifice. And, is it Zalex? Is that how you yeah. say your name? yeah. It was very sad, but I hated her because she was a bitch.
1: Oh, yeah. She's not a sympathetic character.
0: But I appreciated that. I mean, that that was a tough episode, too. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that Aaron was trying to save her. And she almost did, and then she didn't. And so... <laughs>
1: Grace walks in I and just shoots her.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't care that she died. I cared that Aaron lost her.
1: Yeah. True.
0: That makes sense.
1: Mm. The big one that we've not talked about is Grace and Talon.
0: That one... I was surprised by. Mm. Um, once I figured out that's what he was going to do, it definitely raised my respect for Chris because Chris was still kind of hit or miss most of this season um, where you weren't really sure how into this team is he really. Yeah. You know, you just, you were never really sure. And then he steps up to do this because he knows it's the right thing to do. Mm. And he also knows he's, he doesn't have a life. You know, at this point, he can never go back to being a peacekeeper, and they're always going to be hunting him. So why not go out in a blaze of glory, Mm. which is essentially what he does. And part of it was because of how much he cared for Talon, too. And I, I didn't cry, but I got a little teary, a little bit choked up there.
1: It's a terrific ending where he gives his final report to Scorpius over the thing and you have the the dramatic pause that's so often used I've seen Star Trek do it particularly the pause before you tell the, the ensign to fire you know mm-hmm. particularly uh, the Riker move put the foot up on the console Mr. Worf fire it, it's that moment but he knows he's about to die and Talon's about to die and he just gives a And it's triumphant in its (laughs) gloom.
0: Oh, yeah. Right after that, you go to the shot of Pilot talking to Moya. Because they're watching her son die. Yeah. And it was... They they did it really well.
1: Yes. Yeah, Moya's back in as a character when they talk about Talon. Less so at other times in in this season. But when it's Talon, you always have to take her thoughts into consideration. Yeah. Mm.
0: They just kind of broke my heart. (laughs) And, and, and we're sitting here talking about puppets again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, scene, this particular scene between <laughs> Pilot and Moya, it's, it's, it's a character that we never actually see as a, an alien, as a living being, even though it is, but it's the ship, you yeah, know? It's, it's and, all and the puppet. Yeah. Their interactions with, with each other and their emotions can make me want to cry. <laughs> and, and so I have to give the show credit for that, even when, as a whole, I didn't like the season. There were some really great moments in the mm. season.
1: I think we should talk a little bit about some of the feedback that we've had because we've heard from a lot of people who listen to our episodes and have watched Farscape or are now watching it, which is really good to hear. Yeah. I had a really interesting conversation with Sunnydale adjacent Usagi Biker, who is a massive Farscape fan, and I hope she's enjoying the discussion so far. She likes the complexity of the characters, and that that was the one that she wanted to hear a lot on, that the good guys and the bad guys are not just good or bad. They're not binary characters. We see people doing questionable things. Rigel is always morally problematic or selfish. But we see Dargo and Zahn doing things that are selfish, that further their aims, that people aren't just nice. And there's decisions that people make where Aaron might be a peacekeeper and following orders, but she is doing some despicable things. Is it the, the fact that they have these grey areas that helps us to love the characters, to really get into the characters? Because they're, they feel a bit more fully formed to us, perhaps?
0: I think so, honestly. I think it's more relatable when a character lives in the gray area because Mm. in reality, none of us are are black and white. You know, we we make questionable decisions every day and sometimes we're selfish. And pardon me, maybe you're perfect, Matthew, and you're never selfish or mean (laughs) or rude, but I am. And and so it, it makes it a little bit more relatable for me. And it's when a character is relatable that I can become emotionally invested in them. When, when I can't relate to them at all, that's whenever I feel like I'm an outsider just watching. Then I'm not part of the story. And with season one and season two particularly, I was very emotionally invested. And I felt like I was a part of the story. And what they experienced, I experienced. And that's why we had talked about before why a show that can make me feel emotions over puppets is such an amazing thing mm, Definitely, because they have brought me into their world and I think a lot of that I, I think Usagi Biker has really hit the nail on the head it's because for lack of a better word they're human
1: <laughs> even the ones that aren't human yes yeah, yeah you can't see
0: mean. me but I, I did air quotes with human <laughs> but you can't see air quotes on a podcast you know they're They're people. Well, that doesn't even work because they're not people, but I don't know. We need a word that just encompasses, like, beings.
1: (laughs) When no one has come before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really great point because even in season three, the bits that were most relatable to me were the ones that were more emotional to me, and they were times where there was some moral ambiguity, I think. That's how I feel about that.
1: And to answer your earlier point, I don't have shades of grey. I'm British, so I'm a villain. (laughs) (laughs) No moral ambiguity here, just no morals.
0: (laughs) I see. I forgot. Pardon me.
1: Me, Tom Hiddleston, Ben Kingsley.
0: (laughs) Well, you keep good company.
1: Yeah. We had a great comment from Beatrice BeatriceMacia1 on Twitter, who went to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and she said she had a blast, but it needs more Ben Browder next time. He's right up their alley. Mandy, you've not had a chance to see Guardians 2 yet? No. Okay. So I replied back and, went and sent an article about this that was quite interesting. There is a lot of DNA shared between the two, the, the show and the film. Not, neither of them, they take each other seriously enough to have a, a believable world, but they don't take it seriously when they're in there right yeah, you still you have that Dargo comment about you're know, in a serious situation where he says which one green this or black? is not the time Darko green or black? black well the black of course I mean far be it from me to say but I've always thought that the cut of that green shirt doesn't suit the shape of your body and then Guardians right. you have Rocket that dude there I need his prosthetic leg his leg yeah God knows I don't need the rest of
0: him look at him he's useless
1: Oh, I was just kidding about the leg. I just need these two things. What? No, I, th- I thought it'd be funny. Wasn't funny? No, wait, what did he look like hopping around? I had to transfer him 30,000 units. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but that totally worked for me in Guardians and just did not work for me yeah. in Farscape. So maybe I'm just fickle with my emotions and my loyalty. Yeah. I don't know. We have had a couple other listeners express their happiness that I really like Farscape. And so now I feel like I need to apologize that you're listening to my opinions of season three. And I'm very, very sorry. But at Rookstand on Twitter, I was listening to Farscape season one. He's a fan who is currently rewatching for the fourth time and was Woo. very happy that I like it. Hmm. And I really, really loved season one and season two. So just hold on to that. And we'll see how I feel.
1: Remember the good times. Four.
0: Yeah. I, I'm hopeful for season four. We'll see. My friend on Facebook, Aaliyah, commented that she listened to the episode having never watched Farscape and never planning on watching it because she couldn't get past the opening theme music and the puppets. But now, much to her husband's delight, she's going to give it a second chance. Aaliyah, if you're listening to this episode, pay no mind to me. Completely disregard me. Just because I don't like something doesn't mean that it's not amazing. Everybody that I've talked to who is a fan of Farscape loves season three. So just don't listen to me. And please watch it with an open mind. Give it a chance. Just ignore me. And you guys, you may recall that in the season one episode, we made some references to The Godfather and then decided that we would really, really love to see a photograph of Don Corleone holding cute, fluffy, cat-like Rigel instead of the cat that he's holding when he's sitting at his desk. And you guys, the internet came through. Nick Sequera, I really hope I'm saying that right. He is at the Stubby Tech on Twitter. He photoshopped this for me and sent it to me. And we will, you know, put a copy in the show notes. But it's also my Twitter header, it's also my Facebook cover because it's amazing. <laughs> and it just made my heart so happy. And I look at that picture every day and it makes me smile. So thank you, Nick, because. You won life that day. It was awesome. She
1: was very happy and bouncing around every bit of social media telling people. <laughs>
0: I was. I absolutely was. It It made me very, very happy. It was great.
1: We also heard from Gypsy Librarian on Twitter who said that Rigel is absolutely a little shit. But you do have to love him, which, yeah, pretty yeah. much covers it, I think.
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: And he's he's great in this season because... Everything he does is very, very selfish. But by this point, he's stopped doing anything wildly selfish. It's more he's saying lines to be selfish, but still actually working with the crew. He's not outright betraying them or anything.
0: Yeah. I really liked it when they were on, oh, I don't even remember the plan- the solar flare pan- planet with mm-hmm.
1: Furlow. And they
0: plopped him in front of a gun. And he's sitting there shooting yes. people out of the sky. And I'm like, that's the best thing Rigel's ever done. And he was having so much fun. Yeah. It was great.
1: Yeah, and he kills that chariot early on. That's yeah. a wonderful moment because, yeah, he wants him dead and he goes and kills him. He follows through. There's, yeah. There's a it lot was of a grand. little dark
0: for him, but but mm. he did it. Yeah. I will say I got really excited. We had that one episode where there was a, f- a female of Rigel's species shows up. I got really excited for him. And then she Rigel gets out- some. <laughs> yeah. He was having a good time with her. Until he found out she was faking it, and he got all bummed, and then yeah. she left. She's like... And then the way they killed her was hysterical. Mm. It was hysterical, you guys. I mean, it was dumb, and it was stupid, and I hated the whole episode. <laughs> because that's the one that had the 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 blob yes, they were trying the... to put back together. There was an eye over here, and an ear yep. over here, and a mouth over here, and he was still alive and talking. But they had the the female hynerian. I was really, really happy for Rigel until the end of that episode when she betrayed him and then died.
1: I like that episode. I think it's good. It does something a little bit different at least. It brings on some other people. Nothing comes of those other people. But it brings on some other people at least.
0: Yeah, I think again it it had too much whimsy in it for me. Is is really okay. the the moment that sticks out from that episode to me is when they start fighting and, and they're doing all the shoot 'em up bang bang stuff. And Jewel and Krace, who have been working on putting the is it Budok? Bodoc? Some some weird alien blobby thing together. And they're crouching behind the table where all of his parts are. And it gets hit with a, a gunshot or something, and like blobby body parts fall in their lap. And Jewel and Krace have this shot where they look at each other and then they both scream. Mm. And it's the dumbest thing ever because they wouldn't really have done that i mean they've been working on putting this guy back together you know they've had their hands all in him it's not going to freak them out that it fell on them in their lap yeah and so i just it was too much whimsy too much attempts at humor that fell flat and so as a whole i wasn't a fan of the episode
1: now there are stories about that moment that Lani Tupu knew it was gonna be out of character for Krace, but decided he wanted to do it anyway. Cause it is. It is totally out of character for him to suddenly scream as people are shooting at him.
0: Yeah, I actually yeah. rewound it to see like what just happened. Why is yeah. why is Grace screaming too? Like I get Jewel screaming. Yeah. She's gonna scream. She's she's coward, she's a princess, she's gonna scream. But I had to rewind it and rewatch it because I was like, I don't understand what just happened that is making Krace scream too. Mm. And it was literally some icky stuff fell in his lap.
1: Yeah. Is is this possibly evidence that the actors had a lot more control over the stuff they were doing? So they were actually doing these really big things because they thought it was funny. They thought it was interesting to mix it up and do stuff. But actually, it does throw you out each time because it's not consistent. It's they're always introducing something new rather than the writing that is keeping some of that consistency. Again, we'll never know. It's me hypothesizing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm final piece of great feedback that we had was becca at the underscore becca ella who said this episode of pc deprived is just for me to make my heart happy thank you for this joy
0: you're welcome becca that's great i like that you guys like us talking about this stuff and i'm really really sorry if you change your mind after listening to this episode
1: i'm reading these out just to guilt you that's the reason we're going i know yeah
0: i know before we finish up, let's talk about our favorite moments or lines. You guys, I do actually have a couple, but Matthew has way more than I do. Pilot was absolutely amazing this season. The way they did his facial expressions was incredible, which is not really... I mean, when you think about puppets, you think about like Burton and Ernie puppets where their mouths move and that's it. You know, their face is the same no matter what they're talking about. And Pilot expressed emotion. So much emotion on his face. You knew when he was angry, you knew when he was sad, when his heart was broken. It was all there. It was so much better this season than it had been in previous seasons. And I loved it.
1: There was a pilot moment in that second episode, that that forgettable episode, Sons and Lovers, where, girl, they bring on the ship, magnetizes herself to part of the ship and she keeps repeating this thing so that she stays stuck up there and she's attracting the storm that's going to destroy them all and mm-hmm. they manage to detach the panel from the ship and she flies out into the, into space and is det- is destroyed by the storm and the bit where they detach her it cuts to pilot and he's just laughing his head off again it's out of character but it's right. just so funny because the whole episode she's winding everyone up and they put socks on her mouth and she's just making comments at people And they finally get rid of her and it's just Pilot going, ah!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did did really like Pilot in this episode, or this season. I'm not sure I have a single negative thing to say about Pilot Uh this season. Aaron, more specifically, Claudia Black Mm. performing as Aaron after John died. After her John died. You guys, I cried when he died because his performance there was fantastic. Her performance as a reaction to it, it killed me she's just sitting there with tears in her eyes and she's smiling and you know she's she's trying to let him know that it's okay you know that she's with him and and then when he actually dies you know she pulls her leg up on the bed and pulls the cover over them while she's holding him Uh. and it's just heartbreaking and then the next episode we get with her is her expressing her grief And it was just palpable in the way she walked, the way that she carried herself, the way she looked, like her facial expressions. It was a very different Aaron Mm. than the strong, confident warrior Aaron that we've got. She was so vulnerable and so broken as a result of it. And then just having to watch her recover from that and then experience it all over again when she ends up back on Moya with the other John. Yeah. Like it broke my heart. The whole thing did. And Claudia Black was amazing doing that.
1: That's the high point of the season for her. And and very much they're giving her an episode there to really get into and do some great work with. But whether she's doing angry with John or sexy playful with John or whether she's in a fight or something, she's never not great. We, We gushed last time about her, but everything she brings to it is just superb.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Mm. And if we're going to talk about amazing performances, we have to talk about Ben Browder. Because, you guys, he played four different versions of John this season. Four. And it's incredible. And he did it so well.
1: Go on. What what are the Johns he portrayed? The long Johns. So,
0: he was the original John. He was twinned John. Mm -hmm. He was... The version of John who is Scorpius's neural clone.
1: Yeah. So, season two, John.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Coping with Aaron's death. Yeah.
0: And Scorpius, John, when he was playing, mm. God, he, he does it so well. It's so heartbreaking. And he only had to do it for a few minutes in, in this season because they killed that version of him, thankfully. Although, it, God, it could come back next season because the neural clones still exist and the John that's still alive. <laughs> But it was just fantastic that he did this and you knew, you know, in the show, Aaron gave the two Johns two different color shirts so that you could tell them apart. Mm. But we, as the audience, didn't really need that visual cue because as they started having different experiences, they, they became individuals. You know, they were the same up until the moment they were twinned. But then after that, they had unique experiences that made them different people, and Ben Browder did it really well. You know, we got to see Happy, in love with Aaron, doing all of these things that he didn't really think he was going to get to do on Talon because he was with Aaron. But then we also get, you know, the season one, season two, John, that we've had because he's kind of take charge on Moya and still making reckless decisions and fighting with Dargo all the time he did a a great job
1: Mm. yeah there is a a palpable difference in the john who actually has a relationship with aaron Mm because he becomes more focused clarity of thought maybe yeah and the john who's obsessing over her and and to be fair he's in love with this woman so he does think about why where she is what she's doing and and it takes up a lot of his mind but yeah he's more jittery and
0: yeah he did a great job Mm. So don't worry, you guys, just because I didn't like the season as a whole doesn't mean there weren't things that I didn't like. And I can appreciate quality Yes. and and great performances, even if I didn't. And I don't think the bits that I did like, I mean, I really liked that final story arc, too, um, when they ended up on the command carrier. But three good episodes is not enough to save the whole season for me. (laughs) No. But it was enough for me to say, oh, my God, I need to start season four right now.
1: <laughs> Tell that to uh, Buffy season four.
0: Yeah. See, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate season four of Buffy as much as I dislike season three of Farscape. But it's possible to have a really terrible season with a few really great episodes.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a a lot of stuff in this season, obviously, that I love, and we've touched on a a good few of them. I I like the way Scorpius has evolved more here, because we get to see him not obsessing and chasing after John. He's actually, in his element, controlling people and being the leader. Uh, And he's more sassy at times, he gloats at times, particularly that opening episode where he thinks he's won, so he's really happy. And he has these lines of, you know, you no longer serve a purpose,
0: can we talk about that opening episode for a second? Mm-hmm. Because that episode opens up with him holding the chip out of John's head mm-hmm. that's covered with brain matter and other bits that had been attached to John. Mm-hmm. And then he puts it in his mouth.
1: Yeah, he eats the brain matter. Yeah. He doesn't eat the chip. I was
0: not okay with that. <laughs> not okay with that. Just in case you weren't clear, I was not okay with that.
1: Tastes like chicken. <laughs>
0: No, 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 oh god Oof. Okay, I just okay. needed to say that
1: We've mentioned John and Aaron a bit And the relationship between them And and I really like it because it does just go very happily For a couple of episodes And they are very playful and very nice together And then it has to get all serious again And then he gets super super serious and then he dies But there is the, the one moment where They're discussing being together And she says that he Confounds everything around her
0: you are like a plague, John Crichton, and you have ruined my life. And yet I just keep coming back.
1: And that's the way she sees it. He has sort of consumed her, taken her over and changed things about her. But his line back to her points her out the window and he talks about mapping out the stars and, and keeping a track of everywhere they've been so he can try and figure out how to get back to Earth. You see that one? There's that star right there. The bright one it's my point of reference my guide and it always becomes the center of my chart I always name it Aaron you say it's your guide it's my one constant No, it's lovely, and it's just such a great take on, on the both sides of it, of how they've changed. He hasn't necessarily changed, but it does give him this focus, this central thing that he can build his world around. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful bit of writing. I will agree with you. Yeah. And then the show this season is just very funny in a lot of ways i think again you have to be really into the characters and enjoying them but there's so many almost throwaway lines at times that are just terrific in, in that second episode and they come up and they say hey are you john Grayton?" and aaron goes we don't know who this cretin is <laughs> <laughs> and all the way through there's these these things of you know Rigel, respect my tiny shiny hiney
0: You do like the humor way more than I yeah. do. Although I will say it's funnier hearing you talk about them than it actually was watching.
1: <laughs> the bit that's really funny, but also really disrespectful, where John convinces Stark to save the ship because Aaron is his Zan, and and right. Stark starts doing this whole thing of, oh yeah, you're very like Zan, <laughs> but but to save the ship they have to kill someone, and he goes, would Zan approve of this? And Aaron yes. goes, she's speaking through me now, and she approves. <laughs>
0: i cracked up at that line i admit that was great especially because the look on her face you know she's like (laughs) while she's saying this she looks at john and she's kind of got this like we'll we'll see if it works kind of thing going on (laughs) and uh yeah that that was a good line
1: yeah there is one moment you mentioned scratch and sniff the episode about john and dargo on a planet with a whole drug thing and it, it is a very strange episode. I really enjoy it but again it's a little bit of a nod to the fan that there was a, a cut moment from it of John and Dargo walking along high-fiving and they actually edited it back into the episode of a moment where where the, the small creature goes I mean I thought you were the great Crichton and Dargo and there's just this half second of them high-fiving and then it goes back to the episode and it's just we never, we, okay. we don't know what that's from, it's not part of any other episode and it turns out it was cut from this episode it informs your sort of relationship that they're having <laughs> and just a side reference that small creature is francesca bulla it is another return of oh, ben bradder's wife? wife yes nice she will be back in season four she has one more part i'm gonna tell you the character's name i'm not gonna tell you which episode and you can watch out for it it's a character called
0: Ukna.
1: Ukna. A K H N A. And it's it's okay. worth it's worth watching out for. You you will see it.
0: I'm reminded mm-hmm. of something that I did want to tell you. I know last okay. episode we talked about how, uh, in the opening credit monologue,
1: mm-hmm. where
0: we were talking about how John Crichton says the word astronaut, and yep. I was telling you well, it sounds completely normal to me
1: because he's an astronaut. <laughs>
0: It's not quite that bad, but it is definitely different. It it is not that bad, but it is definitely different from how he says the word in the Season 3 monologue. Mm. In the Season 3 monologue, he says it completely straight. My name is John Crichton. I'm an astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no emphasis at all. So I I did want to tell you that I I did hear the difference. I still disagree with you on how much emphasis is in the first one. It is not
1: astronaut. I'm an astronaut. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I did hear the difference this time, so I just wanted to to tell you that.
1: But how good is the opening monologue in Season 3?
0: It actually makes me a little bit sad, though, because Farscape reminds me a lot of Voyager, because Hmm. it's about Crichton being in an unfamiliar place and trying to get home.
1: Okay, yeah. It's
0: actually about all of the characters being in an unfamiliar place and trying to get home. Hmm. And the monologue for Season 3 is all about how he's not sure that he would even go back and open the door for people on earth to see the things that he's seen. Yeah, And so it's a little bit sad. You know, I mean, I totally get it, especially after the human reaction last season, but Mm. it's just, it's sad because it kind of changes focus, which is fine because on the one hand I want it to, because I want these people to stay a family. And so they should just always stay on Moya traveling the world or the universe and having adventures. But at the same time, you know, John's purpose was to go home. And so that's kind of what you want for him.
1: Yeah. Before we wrap up our discussion of Farscape, you've said you're going to watch season four.
0: Yes, I have to.
1: Having talked, I about, not. <laughs> having talked about them being lost and, and stuck in a distant part of the galaxy, what are your predictions for season four?
0: Oh, God, I don't have any predictions for season four. <laughs> we didn't talk about my predictions.
1: There's a character called Arkham in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That is my prediction. I think Scorpius is not dead. I think everybody's going to end up back on Moya at some point, which means Moya has to come back (laughs) or John has to get to Moya. (laughs) You know, God only knows where the other side of that wormhole was. I'm really hoping it wasn't Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it, but everybody's going to end up on Moya again. I think... Aaron is not going to have a baby. Okay. And, yeah, that's all I got right now.
1: Okay. That's good. That's a good. good set to start from. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah, that, that's all I got.
1: Okay. Well, we will return in a month. We'll talk about Farscape Season 4.
0: Yes, we will. Nice. And... We've already done all of our feedback about Farscape, but I do want to talk a little bit about some feedback that we've gotten from you guys. We talked a couple of weeks ago on our Jaws episode about doing a reverse episode of Pop Culturally Deprived, where Matthew watches Doctor Who for the first time, sort of, because he has seen a few of Christopher Eccleston's episodes, and uh, we put a call out on Twitter to kind of help me curate that list, and you oh, guys. God, came did you put a call out on Twitter? it was amazing how many people it was in. midnight <laughs> okay raise your hand if you agree with me that if you don't want to be woken up by twitter notifications at midnight that you put your frickin' phone on silent when you go to bed i was
1: reading a book on my phone <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's
0: I, not my I problem i couldn't read it
1: because it was just like blip 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 <laughs>
0: So I specifically waited until I knew Matthew was supposed to be asleep to do this so that he wouldn't get caught up in the conversation until the next day. That plan spectacularly (laughs) required because you guys came through so much. Oh my gosh. There are so many opinions about (laughs) which episodes are essential, which ones are awesome and should be watched, even if they're not essential. It's fantastic. And I am really, really excited about doing this, you guys. Uh, So our third Tuesday television episode in July will be season four of Farscape. But in August, that's going to be our reverse Pop Culturally Deprived with Doctor Who. Uh, We will put a link in the show notes. I have curated a list. It's not final. Probably won't be final until, you know, that month. Uh, Just because I keep adding things, I keep taking things off, and then I talk (laughs) to somebody and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a really great point. It's tough to do this. So there's going to be a link in the show notes to the list that I've curated. I do want to let you know I have specifically excluded the River Song arc from season six.
1: Yeah. Because Matthew has, song.
0: <laughs> Matthew has agreed to do a second episode that is just on the River Song story arc, which I think is fantastic because he's also interested in the silence. And we can't do a silence episode without it being in the middle of River's arc. And so we're just going to do the whole thing. So, that is why none of my essential episodes include River Song except for Silence in the Library and Forest of the Dead from season four. So, don't like flood me with complaints or like rants that there are no season six episodes on the list, but this list is still open for sure. It is not 100% final. I've tried to keep it down a little bit because I don't want Matthew to have to watch, you know, 40 episodes of Doctor Who. I mean, I do, absolutely, but I I don't want to overwhelm him. So if you have any further opinions, suggestions, feedback, please, please let me know and we'll continue to make adjustments to that list. But you guys, I'm really excited because we're going to watch Doctor Who. (laughs) So excited. You just don't even know.
1: It will be very interesting. It'll be a good conversation, I think. I think there's going to be a lot in there if every episode is worth discussing. So we'll have to think carefully how we do that one.
0: Yeah, well, because for me, every episode is worth discussing. But, you know, we'll do it kind of the same way that we've done the Farscape episodes where you've kind of let me take the lead on what was important to me versus what... I mean, because you would have talked about Everything because you love everything. So I will try to be that respectful to you <laughs> when we when we do the stuff that sorry, I love.
1: I didn't mean to laugh so um, out there.
0: <laughs> I, I will try very much, and and also you guys, Matthew had a really interesting idea, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, so I'm gonna put it out to you guys. Matthew suggested that we pick an episode that's just universally bad and have him watch that too. And if we do that, I have one very specific episode in mind, and you guys might you know, all come to that same agreement. Is it worth doing that and having that conversation, or should we just do the good stuff? So reach out on Twitter. Let me know what you think.
1: Great. We will, we will be tweeting out more about that. So if you want to get in touch with the show, you can give us your comments on this, on Doctor Who, on Farscape, or anything we've discussed. You can use the hashtag PCDeprived on Twitter. You can email us using podcast at eloquentgushing.com or you can comment on this post on the eloquent com website you can find each of us on twitter i am at matthew vos
0: and i'm at mandy k please also remember to rate and review us on itunes and you guys if you like what we do tell other people about our show. We love it when we get new tweets from folks that we don't know because someone's told them about the show or, you know, they found us from a post on Reddit or, you know, just wherever. So if you enjoy what we do, please tell people, please rate us, help us get the word out because we really really do love talking about this stuff and we love talking about this stuff with you guys mm. we'll be back next week with another episode of pop culturally deprived where we'll talk about the rocky horror picture show with kate gilleran kate is from the did i fall asleep podcast about joss whedon's dollhouse until next time i'm mandy Kay,
1: and don't worry about me i've never felt better Pop Culturally Deprived is an eloquent gushing production. For more information, visit eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.
0: I will say, I got really excited. We had that one episode where there was a female Hilarian. Hynerian. That's what I said.
1: You said Hilarian. It's got an N, it's not an uh- L. <laughs> <laughs> <It is.
0: laughs> Wait, say that again.
1: Hynerian.
0: No, it's Hylerian.
1: Okay, okay. Maybe you, I'm
0: completely wrong and I you, can't no, hear. You're no, going to cut this whole thing out.
1: You must know Fastgate better. Go with what you said. <laughs> Let's see yes. how the internet reacts Are to you, that. This no,
0: whole time, oh my god, this whole time I have thought he was a Hylyrian. <laughs> that's how I've written it. That's how I've said it. I'm surprised. I mean, I've said that in our other episodes. I'm surprised you haven't caught it
1: no, this okay, whole time. I, I don't think you have. <laughs>
0: I don't know. But this whole time, I thought it was Hylerian. No, I did because we talked about it in the Jeremiah Creighton episode. I know I used the word there. <sighs> okay. Way to call me out on that, like when we're in the third season of a show. Female Hylerian. I told no, you damn I'm, it.
1: <laughs> I'm a villain. <laughs>
0: <sighs> so, anyway.
1: Shall we? Right. Take two. A
0: female. Slug. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to do it, up.
1: do it properly.
0: <laughs> I can't. I tried to do it properly a second ago and I still came out with Hilarion, so. <laughs> Doing. No. Uh, well, I guess not last episode, but last Farscape episode. <laughs> right?
1: Mmm, Jaws.
0: Shit.
1: <laughs> I did that in the Jaws theme. they like, mmm, Jaws. Mmm, Jaws. Okay. Mm, Jaws, mm, Jaws, mm, yeah,
0: totally, totally didn't get that. So you're going to cut all of that, right?
1: I'm probably going to make a blooper reel for this episode. <laughs> no, that's totally
0: fine. That's where you're going to put the whole hilarious thing, right? Thing, yeah,
1: but, like it was just going to be that, but it might also be me just going, mm, Jaws. Okay. Mmm, okay. Jaws. Have it on my cereal in the
0: morning. Like, mmm, like, cookies.
1: Mmm, noodle soup.
0: Mmm,
1: fashionic. Mmm, <laughs> <Fashionic>, yes. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Okay. Oh, we're crazy. Um,
1: It's way too late for this.
0: Doing a reverse pop culturely deprived where uh, Matthew, Matthew watches Doctor Who. <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> you went where, uh... <laughs> that villain over there (laughs) Uh,
0: okay damn it stop it you're making me laugh and then I'm getting distracted and I can't talk
1: come on I want to go to bed
0: we (laughs) talked a couple weeks stop